The APGRD invited Jonathan Kent to appear in our twice-termly lecture series. Jonathan has enjoyed a distinguished career as actor, theatre and opera director, and notably as artistic director with Ian McDermott of the Almeida Theatre in London between 1990 and 2002. It was during this period that the Almeida Theatre, a small fringe theatre in North London, was put on the map. And Jonathan's work in particular was to bring to the stage a number of forgotten classic works. And it was his production of Euripides Medea in 1992, starring Diana Rigg, that put this fringe theatre particularly on the map for classicists. Because Euripides Medea was now absolutely under the spotlight. The Medea transferred from the Almeida in 1993 to the West End, to the Wyndham's Theatre, and then went on to Broadway in 1994, winning an Emmy Award for what was really an extraordinary, powerful production. We join the conversation that I had with Jonathan on the 21st of October 2013 in the Garden Quad Lecture Theatre at St John's College, Oxford. We have invited Jonathan, not least because of that, Medea, but also because he followed that um, some 10 years later with what I think was a really landmark production of a Greek tragedy uh, with the Hecuba starring um, uh, Claire Higgins at, um, uh, at the Donmar, uh, a landmark production because it reinstated into the repertoire um, Euripides' tragedy that had been the greatest tragedy, the exemplar of tragedy uh, in, in, in the Renaissance or in the early modern period um, and had then disappeared from the repertoire altogether and scholars not least were very sceptical that this was indeed a play that could be performed and I think Jonathan's production, of, which we will hear much more of during the course of our conversation, demonstrated absolutely that this was not just a performable play but it was absolutely a play um, of the moment. He then followed that up with um, a really riveting production. In fact we have a visitor here from Russia who's just said how important it, it was to her in, in, in all senses, a riveting production of a play that in some ways had so much baggage and that of course is Sophocles' Oedipus at the National with again Claire Higgins as Jocasta and Ray Fiennes um, as Oedipus. We will be discussing all of those and, and we will be opening it up to the floor and so plenty of you will have, have opportunities to, to ask Jonathan about them. But I, I, I want to begin really um, because we've caught Jonathan, as I said, at a, a really busy moment in his schedule and he's had an incredibly uh, sort of busy and rich uh, past six or seven or eight months um, hitting the headlines with his production, some view, I think perhaps controversial, but, but hugely pioneering production of um, Rameau's Hippolyte et Arissi at Glyndebourne, which, which some of you will have seen, um, and also uh, something that I've seen um, in the West End, which I thought was truly, truly starry and um, in all sense, um, which was Private Lives, um, Noel Coward's play. And I have to say that I wouldn't normally have chosen to take myself to uh, the West End to what was you know, a very expensive venue to see a Noel Coward play. But I realised, having seen that, and I did go in part, I knew I was going to be in conversation with Jonathan, it was 
revelatory because I suddenly realised, as Jonathan obviously had intuited or perhaps known for many years, that coward is not the caricature that we all think, and that is simply uh, someone who's rather good at drawing room comedy, but that actually we need, need, I felt, to understand Howard through the lens of his contemporaries, and particularly um, his contemporaries over the Atlantic. And perhaps for me, I, there were moments when I felt I was watching Tennessee Williams. It was, I was literally on the edge of my seat watching these incredibly fragile characters. So, um, and that, sorry, you're going back to where... He, Jonathan has been, um, he is editing. Jonathan, over to you now, really. You're editing. Well, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm doing, uh, uh, they filmed the production and it's going to cinemas and stuff, so they, so we're editing it. Um, so this is what I'm doing. And, and it's going to be, can you, can we, can you give us some sort of sneak preview dates? Of... Well, well, uh, it's, it's opening in America in December. In, I mean, it is a filmed stage so it's not, I mean, not quite like The National does with its NT Live, but, but uh, because it's, it is more edited and controlled than, than that is. Um, so it opens in America, I think, in December, which is why there's a sort of panic about get it edited and, and ready. And I think here in London, in, oh, here in Britain in, I think, February of next year, or January or February of next year. Well, that's great. And, and you know, having, I hope, um, at least perhaps some of you um, uh, convince you that you need to put your prejudices aside. Uh, this is a really must-see um, production. Um, I, 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 I'd like to begin, uh, Jonathan, by just asking you... Um, that it may be significant that you've worked with Greek tragedy and with opera, um, and and I just wonder if your your work with with either of them has fed into your work um, in, in 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 the other in the other. So, well, I mean, I I did uh, Medea, not and Hecuba and uh, Oedipus after I'd so because I only started doing um, opera ten years ago. Um, and of course, there's an epic dimension to opera, which which is probably and sure is useful for 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 Greek Greek tragedy. Um, but I don't. And what I think is interesting is that I've also done musicals, and actually, Oedipus is a sort of musical, and one has to find one has to find ways of integrating sound, uh, song, and language in a way that you have to in, in musicals, less so in opera, because, obviously, because it's sung through. But, but uh, that's what, particularly um, Oedipus, which I did with a chorus of 15. I mean, when I did Medea and when I did Hecuba, there were financial constraints, frankly. Um, I was running the Almeida in the 90s, so I couldn't sort of skirt the financial restraints because I was also having to impose them. So, so but I, we did... Medea with a chorus of three, and but when I went to the Donmar with Hecuba, they could only afford one, which is not ideal. Um, but then what excited me about, about going to the National to do Oedipus was the opportunity to work with a, a really large and proper-sized chorus. Um, and that was, it was, I've always been interested by that. I'm interested by crowd and by the very, the, the way that, that mass of people, while retaining individuality, also have to be part of a corporate whole. And so that's 
one of the things that particularly fascinated me about doing Oedipus, I worked with the composer Jonathan Dove, um, the, the translator was, was Frank McGuinness, but we, what we did was, what I was very keen to do was to move seamlessly from language into song and back into, into uh, text and try and find a way of it not, of us not changing gear. And so that music seems an extension of, 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 of uh, an emotional extension of, of, of language. So that, that was actually quite apart from working with Rafe and Claire, uh, he, Rafe Fines and Claire Higgins. Uh, what really fascinated me about that was how to handle a chorus. And I slightly regret that I haven't done more on that. And I, I mean, I have the opportunity in opera of working with chorus. But it, it's very interesting to use it in a theatrical, in a theatrical um, environment. That, I think that was something that, that struck an, a number of us, you know, how, as you say, the, there was the seamless transition uh, between sort of speech and song. Mm. And I wonder, you, you said you'd worked with, with, with um, Jonathan Dove, the, the composer, yeah. before. And I wonder, you know, what were the you know what were the kinds of conversations you had about the sort of music that you would use to set the choruses to? We, um, you know, they weren't. I mean, when I I did Medea as well with her, um, uh, with uh, with there was a, a lot of music in that. But as I say, it was only with three people. But I remember, and that was only the second. I think it was the second time I worked with Jonathan, and I made him poor man listen to. Um, uh, the Beach Boys. Uh, play, uh, what was the song? It's anyway. It's called God Only Knows, and um, I don't think it was. I I think it confused him rather than helped him, frankly. Um, but it wasn't. The, but what I wanted was something which was, which had a kind of um, complexity, but at the same time was direct. Um, so you weren't you weren't bleeding something of complexity, but at the same time. You weren't. It it wasn't sort of an esoteric sound. It was a direct folkloric sound, I suppose, to a degree. Without, you know, but not not sort of banal folklore, uh, folkloric. Um, so it was to find simplicity of melody, and also where where music, as I said earlier, responded to the emotional temperature of of, of the scene. That's right, because I I think it felt very much like a, a sort of community voice. That's that, from Oedipus, that, that, was that was what I was very, very yeah. much wanted to do, was this group of men in, as reflecting the crisis of the, of the situation. And they were on stage throughout, so that was also important, so that they were absolutely party and witness to, to, the, to the event. Um, no, I mean, by the time we got to Oedipus, Jonathan and I had worked together a lot, so I didn't have to confuse him with terrible, with terrible tell references. Tell him to go off and listen <laughs> to the Beach, the Beach Boys. Boys, which I think <laughs> was the first and only time he's ever listened to it. Okay. Um, do you, I'm, I'm curious as to, to why um, you chose Oedipus at, 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 at that moment in, well, presumably you chose it around about 2007, or was it a commission from Nick Hunter? No, 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 it was... Um, I, I suggested it to Nick. Rafe and I suggested it to Nick, because, and he was very happy to do it. Because, but unlike Hecuba, which I was very much a reflection of the time in which it was done, because it was just it was post the Iraq War, 
and I felt it was something, you know, it was, it's, it's a play which spoke, speaks of the collateral damage of war more acutely than almost any play I know. And so that, that was specifically because of the time it was done in. Oedipus was simply because Rafe and I, who have worked together a lot, well, five, six times, um, uh, I was very keen that he play it, and, and he was too. So it was really was focused on the performance rather than the play, the, the time of the play. So, so if I'm right, you're saying that it was the actor the that actor, dictated exactly, exactly. the play. And um, I, it was very interesting that um, Claire Higgins, who obviously was a, an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary Hecuba, um, returns as, as Jocasta. Yes, yes. Is, is that how you like to work? And I, I, I very much like sort of working with people over and over again. I think, you know, I have with a lot of actors worked with Diana Rigg, I worked with five, six times, an actor called Richard Griffiths, who sadly just died, I worked with three or four times, Rafe, I've worked, as I say, six or seven, Claire. Um, I, I think it's a, you arrive at a sort of shorthand and a sort of trust, which, which is very, I, I think, is very productive. Mm. You, you, you can short circuit a lot of all sort of, Sniffing each other in a way that one does with new, with you know, new acquaintances or new new collaborations. Mm. And 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 in in many ways, um, we mentioned already the chorus and and the choral voice in in your Oedipus felt very much as if it were part of a community. Um, and in that sense, it felt I think very much and very interestingly like a, a kind of political. And I mean, with a lowercase p yeah. uh, production. But at the same time, you did something which I think was very bold, and that is you made Claire Higgins into a very alluring and very real... Really sensual. Sensual. Yeah. Jocasta. Was, was that... Yeah. I mean, I think that, that was, was sort of important. That was important. With, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm ashamed to say I've never seen Oedipus apart from my own production. I don't know why. Uh, I've seen film and stuff of it, but I've never seen it on stage. But I think it, you know, it's it has to be about desire, you know, fatal desire as much as anything else. Mm -hmm. You you you've you've mentioned um, that your Hecuba was 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 very of the moment. Mm. Uh, what about um, the Medea? Medea was based. I'd just done uh, all all for love with Diana Rigg, mm. which is a sort of neoclassical version of of. of um, of, of, of Anthony Cleopatra, and um, and that again was based on on the actress. It wasn't. It was very much for her, and it had a sort of um, you know it had a, actually a very interesting odyssey in that it it began at the Almeida and was simply for the Almeida, which which is you may or may not know is a small three hundred seat theatre, and. Um, but but it's a sort of it's an epic space in miniature, which is why you c it can accommodate plays like the Madeira. Um, but then a year later, we redid it in the West End, and it of course did well well at the Almeida. But that is, as I say, three hundred seats. But it was an unlikely play to fill the Wyndhams for three four months, and even more unlikely to go to a very big not very big but eight, nine hundred seat 
theatre in, in, on Broadway and, and fill that. And I think that's what's so astonishing about these plays is that they, they're not of some sort of esoteric interest. They are the lifeblood of, 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 of drama. Of course they are, and we are in a way, it's not just that they've formed our culture, they've formed us. and We understand it in, a, in ways which, uh, which spreads across any kind of, you know, sort of narrow education or, or, or you know, or interest. It, it, they are, these are great universal plays which speak to us just as acutely as I assume they did when they were first done, and that's what's sort of very moving and, and, and thrilling about doing them. Of course they have to be done. I, you know, I think it's always important to have contemporary versions of them, I mean, I don't, uh, translations of them. I think it's, it, it, what you don't want is, is for these plays to disappear behind the, uh, the sort of veil of uh, sort of historicist um, recreation. Because the danger of that is they become sort of, they're sort of medicinal, they're good for you rather than, rather than speaking directly to you. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm, you know, saying the obvious to you all. But, um, but I think that is, that is an important element of doing them now. It's doing them so that they are, there's a direct connection with, its, with the audience and, uh, and the plays. I, I'm interested in uh, your interpretation of, of, of Medea at the time, because I, I, I do recall that in the early 80s in particular, uh, Medea had been discovered in a number of very interesting productions as, um, as you know, someone who could speak for, um, you know, what was, what was then a, um, a London very conscious of its um, uh, multicultural um, uh, um, members, but at the same time, um, the disenfranchised in, in the middle. Whereas, whereas of, of your production, um, I think, made a very interesting um, other contribution because I think a number of people commented at the time, and I, I remember very clearly, that with Diana Rigg's Medea, we were being offered a very cerebral Medea, that this was... Um, maybe again what we're seeing in Hecuba, a really interesting study of, of revenge. Revenge, um, yeah. And um, also, I mean, yes, and obviously of women, of, 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 of disenfranchised, I mean, disempowered women. Um, that was, that was that obviously was, the important element, I think, for Diana and for me, was, was the rage and the sense of injustice on... Uh, 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 for in in the Medea, um, with with its with with the terrible destructive uh, consequence. Absolutely, and 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 that unexpectedly, as you said, transferred from what is a small uh, venue into the West End, and then I think was one of the first of of the the major. Exports, you know, particularly of a, of, a, of an ancient play to yeah. to to New York. Yeah, there'd been a very famous one, I think, in the fifties or sixties, uh, yeah. uh, but but uh, not not you know not not much before. Fiona Shaw did it later. Yeah, uh, which which was a very good production. I saw that, but 
didn't have quite, because I think we were lucky enough to be the first, I didn't have quite the, uh, you know, it was astonishing, the response. And, uh, you know, America, what I used to really heartened me about America, I would stand in the auditorium afterwards and people would stay in the auditorium and people would be arguing about the rights of women, it being America, you know. Um, but in a very sort of astonishing way, they, I mean, America uh, does tend to think of every player as sort of contemporary, which I, I think is, you know, is, is rather uh, impressive. And they, they absolutely used Medea as a discussion of what rights a woman has over not only herself, but her, her children. Um, and it, was a, it became a contemporary play, which I, which I was thrilled by, absolutely thrilled by. Uh, one of the things I remember, and I, I think anyone who saw it um, is, would find unforgettable, is um, how you use the set so expressively in, in the production. And those of you who didn't see it, there was this extraordinary kind of metal set, which was um, uh, the house, um, and um, which, you know, clanged and crashed. And it, was, it was a steel edifice which went right up to the flies. It was a sort of courtyard of a steel, this great steel edifice, which was and they, these of sheets of metal, eight foot by six, I think, uh, eight foot by four, and they were, they were, you know, they were, they were, they formed the carapace of this, in, and it, they were. We also mic'd them, so if you hit them, they they reverberated, and at the very end, when she brings, she she arrives in excelsis to 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 wreak. Uh, revenge, all the walls fell down. And they were, it was, actually, um, people used to buy seats in the front row and I think take drugs and come and, come and to, as these, it was <laughs> astonishing. These walls came pounding down. We were on, they were on great wire, uh, not wire, uh, rubber um, sort of hauses so that they, they, they could fall. And it was Astonishing, I have to say. It was a, you know, I probably shouldn't say it about my introduction, but it was an amazing moment when, the, except on the first night in New York, when, uh, and I think sort of a chance in a million, for some reason, all of them balanced on top of each other. So poor Diana at the end, one fell out and the rest all teetered like this. And poor Diana, who had the final speech, it was a sort of radio play. Um, <laughs> as she sort of peered through the... But, um, but for the rest, it was, it was, an ast it was amazing as the, she, was, she was left against a sky with this, the whole... having brought the world down. Um, so it was, that was... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you have to find a way of translating... I mean, it was, that was absolutely not what... Uh, you know, I, I think the Greeks would have wanted or expected. But you have to find some way of, of, of eliciting interest and f from a contemporary audience. And I, I, was, I was very proud of that, very proud of it. Um, well, I once heard you say, Jonathan, and um, you know, maybe it's, it, it's particularly relevant um, to what you've just said, that, that you come from a family of architects. Yes. Um, and, and clearly that, that production, you know, the... the the design was 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 absolutely essential, um, and and 
it was clearly the case as well with your your Hecuba. Could you could you comment a little bit about the design um, decisions? Well, well I, there? I, I, I do come from a family of architects, and I I, um, I mean I started out I as you said in your introduction I. I Actually, I came to this country, I grew up in South Africa, I came to this country to be a painter. Um, but I'd really wanted to work in theatre, but I was extremely naive. I didn't really know any, I was sort of innocent. I didn't know any people in theatre, nor did I, I sort of thought that actors were taller than I was, and you know. So I, I just didn't think that there was any possibility of that. But because I was, my father was an architect, my cousins are architect, my brother has become an architect, um, I somehow... I, art, painting, anyway, was not quite as alien as, uh, as theatre. And uh, so I came here at 18 or 19, and I um, was going to go do a foundation course at, at, um, at St. Martin's, but I, um, I got accepted at drama school. I was on a sort of dare. And so I went, I became, a, I became an actor for a while. But, but I think when I became a director, which is... a I must say that I'm much happier directing than I am than I ever was acting. Um, but it seemed to make sense in that so many elements sort of made sense. And I'd grown up with architecture, with spatial relationships, so so that was a very important element, and I think is an important element if you're going to direct. And obviously, painting was quite, and also having acted. So um, so everything sort of came together. But but the way I sort of investigate plays, I think, is through working with a designer and thinking about... I always think that, I, that I'm... that directing a play for me is sort of building a house that the play can live in. And it's the building of the house that sort of tells me about the play. And so, as I said, there's this sort of ferocious interior of, 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 for Medea this hard, unyielding uh, interior seemed to me very important. Um, and then, when, but when I came to to Hecuba, uh, what it was the half the set was water, and then, and I've just blanked on his name. Who's her son? Polydorus. 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 At the very beginning, you, I'm sure you all know the ghost of Polydorus arrives, and he rose up out of the water. It was. Um, that was a genuine coup de théâtre. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, quite extraordinary. And, yes. um, uh, and could could you tell us how you did it? Because I think that was, uh, you know, well, uh, well, it was the... uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was because um, the back of the set was was the land sloping down into water, and the front of the set was all water. So what the actor did, and it was um, Eddie Redmayne, who had gone on to very. Mm. Very starry stuff. But he would sink down. The water went under the, 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 the set. So what he would do, under the, behind the fall of land, he would sink down into the water, swim underneath the lip of the land, and then come up out of the water on the other side. It was, yeah, it was, it was testing for him, poor boy. Um, but anyway, he, um, he did that. But what I thought was important, because Hecuba, all the, and I think... It is such a, it's a play of such, um, somehow there's, nothing is absolutely certain in it. It's a play which I find so interesting about it. It's not, 
your protagonist, you, she elicits sympathy and then she elicits terror. And uh, you have, it's what interested me was that, that water is, is, you know, no, no lines are straight through water. And I thought that was an interesting um, element. To, to, to have in this. I mean, it, it literally takes place by a seashore, which obviously helped. But, um, but, it, but it seemed to be a, a, a very important element in, in, in an exploration of the morality of the piece. Absolutely. And, and I, I think the, the use of the water um, in the production, metaphorical, as you say, but also literal, was what solved for classicists or scholars um, the, the major problem of the piece because, you know, the standard view of the play was that it was a, a kind of doubled-backed play um, uh, and the beginning of the Revenge Part 2, what was brilliant in the production, some of you will remember, was the body again of, 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 of Polydorus emerged in the second part from um, from, from the water was found literally downstage again in a very small venue uh, by, by the maidservant and then was wonderfully uh, sort of uh, the focus of, of the second part of the play. Yes. Whereas, um, you know, the problem is always perceived that this body is found, you know, some remote Elsewhere, place yeah, and yeah. Bought, bought yeah, on. Yeah. But I thought um, uh, that, that, that that really bound the play together in 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 in, in important ways. Do you, do you tend to work with the same designer? You obviously yes, like working. Yes, I do. With... I do. Uh, actually, um, uh, Hecuba and Oedipus. I didn't do Medea with the same design, but I have really for the last 15, 20 years worked with the same designer and the same lighting designer. Um, but yeah, and I again rather in the same way as I like working with the same actors. I, I like working with the same design team. Mm. And and one would also sort of say, well, you've worked with Frank McGinnis twice. Yes, twice. Is it twice? Or yes. Is it more? Well, maybe more. Uh, two Greek two tragedies. Two Greek tragedies. Yes. yes. No. No. I think I think you're right. I think it's only twice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I and I think his I I like his partly and this is sort of racist thing to say, but I think his Irishness has a, there's a sort of, it's, it's not, it's not, um, it has a sort of breadth to it um, that, that, that I like mm -hmm. ra rather mm -hmm. than the too precise. I mean, the Alistair Elliott who, who did Medea, which was very good, we worked on it quite a lot. Um, to begin with, it seemed to me a little bit, um, over precise. Mm. Uh, does, to, does, to, does, say, does your translator uh, come, you know, so did Frank turn up at rehearsals or does yes. he not? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, he did. He did, not that much. Mm. Um, but we worked on it both times. We worked on the, the, the version quite a bit before. So, so the work is there yes, yes. between the two of you? Well, and, and of course things shift and change in mm. rehearsal. Mm. Um, I, you know, and I, I hesitate to say this in front of room full of classes, but I, I don't want to be, I would not like to be too precious about, about, about the versions. I think the versions have to accommodate that, you know, this is such a cliche, but you know, all classical productions have to be a, a, a conversation between the time and the circumstances in which they were written and the time and the circumstances in which they are being 
uh, performed. And both parties have to have their voice. And that's why I like working, for instance, with Frank, uh, because he's a playwright. So it, it, his, his primary concern is the play. Ina, you, you, you said um, at, at the beginning of our conversation that what was wonderful about working on the Oedipus was that you, you had a, a chorus. Yes. You were in the you know, rather privileged theatre sector with, 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 with the resources to yeah. allow you more than one or three. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in an ideal world uh, where you had indeed the resources to have a chorus and so on, is, 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 is there a Greek play that you would like to work well with actually you? we were going to and then we never maybe one day will i was going to do oedipus colonus which is the supreme sort of chorus um piece actually uh and then we were going to put them together um but i don't i don't know and i don't know if we will but that's that was something i was very interested in and well i'm i'm very interested because it's something a, a play that many people would would shy away from um could you could you sort of expand on that well i mean just actually particularly because to try try and make that chorus work mm. to make see a way of making that that you know and it's a great sort of lament for life it is the most heartbreaking um play but it resides so much in the music and the and the um uh and the chorus mm. so mm. it's just how to make that work I, i'd be fascinated to try yeah. and do that well that that sounds wonderful maybe um maybe that's the moment to sort of open up to the audience the the question is um uh, the, the plays that Jonathan's worked with um, concern children, and is that significant? Yes. I mean, yes. I, I don't know that particularly... I, it, that isn't the reason I, I particularly approached them. Um, I think the Medea, you know, how you present the death of the children is sort of important. Um, Oedipus, obviously, it's it's part of the narrative. So, that, but the children in Oedipus were were in in Medea were difficult because what I what I was interested in. I don't think this is quite answering your question, but anyway, it's just sent me off on another track. But um, what was what's difficult? You have to see the enormity of what she's done. Um, and what she's been driven to do. So actually, and I remember that that um, that uh, um, Deborah Warner's production with Fiona did the same, not the same thing, but they, it emphasised the dead children um, in a way which I think is sort of you have to do now. We, uh, and so we we did that. I mean, we saw them through a window; these bloody children, um, and. Uh, uh, I think that's sort of important. Um, Oedipus really less... I mean, uh, it, it's the, the child, of course, is with us all the time. So um, I don't... I didn't particularly... That wasn't a particular focus, apart from, obviously, 
the children at the end going off. But I, I um, no. So short answer is that wasn't a particular a theme which I followed in, in particularly in both in both plays. Shall I just repeat the question? Yeah, um, the the production you saw in the summer became because of where it was 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 um, staged all about London. Yes, and did it feel directing Oedipus in the National that it you were very conscious of place, and so not just the time that you were doing it, but also that you were doing it at the heart of the National Theatre on the Olivier stage. Did that? No, not particularly. I mean, it was, it didn't have the resonance of, say, having a, the cityscape behind, it's true. So it didn't, no. I mean, uh, they, it was, it, it, I, I directed, I think, three, four times, three times at the Olivier. I love the Olivier, and it's great for, as Peter Hall um, demonstrated, um, it's a great space for, obviously, for Greek, for Greek theatre. Um, uh, so no, I didn't, there wasn't a particular, I didn't feel any particular resonance apart from just wanting to do the play with those, that group of actors. So that was, no, it, there wasn't anything specific about that. And the, did, you, did you feel at all in the Olivier, as uh, you know, some people say they feel that you were in a theatre that had been loosely you know, modelled on, on Epidaurus? Well, yes, uh, it is a... A great epic space. It is uh, as it, as is Epidaurus, um, in that the the energy of the audience pouring down onto figures in a landscape is is so potent. I think people, the mistake people make with sometimes with the live they think, oh my God, it's such a huge stage, you've got to fill it with scenery. Actually, what is powerful in that space is a single figure standing in in the midst of it and. I mean, the set for, for uh, um, Oedipus was very simple. It was a sort of disc uh, um, which, which turned 100, uh, 360 degrees during the course of the, of, the, um, of the evening, just very slowly and I hope imperceptibly, um, so that it, it, we, weren't, we weren't thinking, we were sort of watching things whiz round. But, but that was really all, that was a, there was a door on it and that was it. Um, and I think that's, that's, I think what, and there was a table, a long table to one side where the chorus were, who moved off onto the set and then back, back to the table. But it was a very simple, um, although fiendish to rehearse, I have to say, to get that thing to turn 360 degrees and not sort of run it, I mean, Claire Higgins did not like that set. She was always being run over by a, a door or a chair or something. Um, but uh, but it, uh, I think that that for for something like Oedipus was a very is a very it's a wonderful space. It's a I, I think a, a space which focuses and concentrates energy in a, in a which is and very and very advantageously for for the actor. Well, I think we're going to have to stop there. And, and um, thank you so much, Jonathan. And I, uh, I have to say, I personally look forward hugely uh, to this putative uh, production of Oedipus at Colonna. So well. let's hope that someone, um, someone has the resources to put it well, on. Uh, so can we thank Jonathan very much for a wonderful uh, conversation? Thank you.